Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Love and Hate Radio, where today we have in studio once again, Alice. And Alice. Brandon's back too. Yeah, Brandon's back too. <laughs> I feel so special. It's like, yeah, unfortunately Brandon's back. <laughs> You are kind of quiet. Yeah, I'm turning around. Are now. you talking into the mic? Yes. You talk more into the side. Turn it into your mouth. Okay. Gross. <laughs> not like that, perv. It's not like I told her to fucking put it in her mouth. At least we didn't tell her to eat the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a yeah. Putin always said that. You said annoying the shit out of me. Eat the mic. I'm not gonna eat the fucking mic, dude. <laughs> it's not gonna sound good if it's in my mouth. It just sounds like I'm watching bad porn. <laughs> It's almost like you're like voice acting for a hentai. Gross. No, no. No, no thanks. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today? I don't know. I was thinking, I mean, have you seen the movies? Have you seen any movies? Have you gone to the movies? I mean, have you seen Shang-Chi? Candyman. Candyman? I, I mean, saw Candyman with her. Yeah. Have you seen Shang-Chi? Uh, I've seen like trailers and stuff of it. I've actually watched it though. So what we could t- we, we can either like not talk about it or we can talk about it and totally ruin the movie for it. We could. I'm, I'm good either way. You good with us ruining the movie for it? Oh yeah, you're fine. My parents do it anyway. Okay. Oh, that's rude. I mean, your dad's nickname is Dipshit Boy. Yeah. He is a dipshit. Yeah, yeah. I can say that. I've known him for forty, almost forty years. Uh, so for and those I haven't who killed don't him yet, I'm trying. Alice is actually the daughter of Dipshit whatever, Boy. Whatever the fuck we called him when he was on the show. Uh, I think we called him Dipshit Boy on the show. I don't think we did. Did we? Maybe it was that brother Boggs. He uses yeah. that all the time, and that just sounds like Brother I mean, Boggs. It sounds like a more he's he's a Mormon and he's about to touch little girls. Brother Bald Penis, yeah. I think. I think we called him that yeah, at one point. Have, yeah. I feel like my dad's alternate future is like one of those priests that touches little kids. I could see he was part of, I've been doing in, in the other show that I do the down the rabbit hole we've been talking about Mormons and the beginnings of the Mormons and the, the, the polygamy and the sick crap that they did and it's like I could see him being involved in that <laughs> wow yeah my dad yeah. did have a Scientology phase oh. did he? yeah no where he watched documentaries non-stop and that's all he watched for like a month wow God, I'm glad I missed that one yeah. Me, it's usually when I do stuff like that, it's more of I'm I'm researching it. Like I've been doing the Mormons, which is funny. I grew up Mormon and doing research for this show. I've learned more about Mormonism than I did in the 16 years I was actually in the church. Yeah, I yeah. feel that. Yeah. I learned more about Mormonism from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure than I did actually being a Mormon. How was <laughs> it in JoJo's? Was it all over um, that? In part seven, it... It talked about how Jesus came over to the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was sort of a plot point where, like, the main objective was collecting the corpse parts of Jesus. Kinky. <laughs> and so I learned about that from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Because yeah, some of the stuff I learned, did you know in Mormonism they actually believe that, well, you can't because you have a vagina. But we as boys, um, as men, we would get... Um, as long as we were good little Mormon boys, we would get our own planet in death. Yeah, you, yeah, you talked planet. about that last night. Yeah, you get your own planet and then a bunch of women to like populate it. And I'm like, that just sounds exhausting. That's just a harem. 
Yeah, no. But it just sounds exhausting. I mean, it's like, I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I just it's, don't get it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that sounds amazing. But then I think about it and I'm like, no, it just sounds exhausting. Yeah. That's it a lot mean, of people. Well, you have like, to create. It's like <laughs> in Muslims where they believe you get 72 virgins. And I'm like, that just sounds exhausting. That sounds like 72 girls you have to, one, teach how to do it. And then after like the first couple hours, it's like, okay, it's not going to work anymore. So what do we do now? Yeah. And then you have to deal with them afterward. Too. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like they do it and then walk away. I mean, it's like, you know, it's not like a, a you know, a, a, a sex worker where you pay them and they leave. <laughs> What? I don't know. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, I you know, it's it's whatever. I mean, to each their own. I mean, you know, sex workers do their thing. I mean, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to make a dollar somehow. And I mean, if you got the tools, do it. Yeah, I was thinking, like, what if the planet's just populated with just sex workers and you have infinite money? But see, even then, who are you going to have a conversation with? Who am I going to go watch movies with? I mean, do I have to pay them now to watch movies? Hey, act like you like me and let's go to a movie. That's a thing nowadays. You can pay people to be your friend and cuddle you. It's kind of sad. That is sad. I thought that was only in Japan. Oh, no. It's here, too. You can find people on Fiverr. Wow. (laughs) Are you one of these people? No. Okay. I have heard about that. Like, people like, it's like, no sex, no nothing, but you can cuddle. And I'm like, honestly, I mean, that actually sounds amazing. Yeah. Because there are times where it's like, you know, sex is whatever but cuddling is a little different that seems more intimate yeah weird people you can buy anything nowadays yeah yeah I mean people are selling their used nose rings for like lots of cash on eBay what not eBay specifically but like there's this thing where women sell their used items to like gross men yeah 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 but nose Nose rings? rings why yeah, they sell Why their old nose rings. They just sell their old, old piercings and stuff. I mean, I get like pennies and bras and shit like that. But well, they sell rings? their old like nipple rings too. That I also understand. But <laughs> yeah, no. It bothers me that you understand it. Gross men <laughs> just buy anything, honestly. Like they buy women's sweaty socks. Uh, this touched a woman. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. It is weird. I, I, I've see, heard of all that kind of stuff. I've never met like, anyone with a nose fetish. <laughs> I mean, there's foot fetish. There's all sorts of weird fetishes. I mean, any kind of fetish that you could think of, you could probably find it on the internet. Dude, one of the weirdest ones is is cake farting. Oh god. Yeah, I, no. I I've ne- I've heard the term cake farts, but I've never. I'm not I'm completely. I've never delved I mean, into but, that. What what is? I've never watched exactly the video. I've actively avoided watching Justin Wang's video on it. I mean, is it just like they <laughs> fart on a cake and you eat it? Kind of. I think it's it just really it's really weird. Like women sit on the oh, cake and do that, and so. then they eat it afterwards, or they just sit on it. Some and women eat it. it. Some men do. You know, I watched a documentary on just weird fetishes on yeah. YouTube. I, it was a trip. Uh, there's this YouTuber called Justin Wang. Uber, who get out of the neon sign. <laughs> Sorry, we got a new uh, open sign, and right now the cat's playing in it. He's probably messing with the cobwebs in it. But, yeah, there's a voice actor, or not a voice actor, but a YouTuber named Justin Wang who makes videos on all the crazy fucked up shit 
that's you know gone through the internet in yeah. all these years and I think he did a video on cake farts but I, I, just, I never watched it there are some really weird ones like there's some where like men just watch women eat there's like all sorts of yeah. weird places and I'm like that's that's just a weird how do you how do you even know that you have these kinks I don't know I, I mean get, what makes it in your brain where all of a sudden you know you know it turned me on a woman sitting on a cake and farting I mean, I guess they just have these experiences. Yeah, I guess it's sort of an experimentation thing. I guess. I mean, it's one of those things. They say a lot of them sometimes will come from, like, things that happen as a child. Like, a lot of people say, like, you know, a lot of people that are really into spanking. It's because they were disciplined as a kid by someone that turned them on. You know, something like that will usually go back to something. But what happened in your life that suddenly was like, I want to watch one fart on a cake. I just remember the serial killer. He would like kill women and steal their shoes. Yep. Yeah, I just remember. But it was only one. Yeah, one of their shoes. And like when he was a kid, his mom would discipline him and stuff about like being so feminine. Mm -hmm. And that's where it came from. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that he was very feminine. Basically, I think he isn't he the one that eventually was like a full on crossdresser. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them like that. They they get some weird. Weird. That's the the one thing you got to remember if you're a serial killer out there. No trophies. The trophies is what gets you every time. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of goes into the whole idea of why, like, furries are so prevalent nowadays is because as children, uh, we're exposed to all these, like, anthropomorphic animal characters. True. And so it bleeds into your psyche. And, like, you have this desire to be like this. Weird. I just thought maybe it was because people rubbed off on their their, their, their stuffed animals, but... Probably some kids. I remember this age of, like, where people would review certain Tumblr tags and just, like, show what kind of shit's on there. And there was this thing called animal kinning where you would kin an animal. And I remember there's this one post, like, Oh my god, my mom is so mad at me because I ate her ring. I'm a dragon kid and I have to eat. It was like, it's just such weird crap like that. And it's so normalized nowadays. Like, kidding is such what a is big thing. It's like when you super relate to a character, you feel like you're almost actually them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if you're dragon kin, you think you're a dragon on the inside. <laughs> yeah. It's like that one vine of on every, like, form but physical, I am a wolf. <laughs> weird. Oh yeah. yeah, the internet's so weird nowadays. I'm getting old because all this just sounds really weird to me. Have you seen the ads nowadays for like games? <laughs> A few of them. Even I don't understand them anymore. Well, it's like, like some movies. Like in the, when we went and saw Candyman, there was a preview for a movie where they like I didn't get it at all. Oh, yeah, was, like, mom was telling me about this the yesterday. Goat? Yeah, it was I, like a goat kid, and they were raising this goat as it was a kid, and then there was other goats, and they were yelling at them, and I have no idea. It looked like the movie was about a... They raised a goat as a kid, but then yeah, the other I goats think, were mad. I think when we saw it, uh, we got into the theater later than you Yeah, we were waiting for your showing. Because we took somebody there to drop them off for work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was convenient. <laughs> for you. Yeah, oh. 
<laughs> Candyman was good, though. It was very good. It was. I very much enjoyed it. I very much. I mean, that was one of those things that a lot... I was, I was a little nervous about it because I grew up loving Candyman. Tony Todd is is Candyman. I was was just perfect. Yeah, I loved him as Candyman. And then it's like they do a remake, and I'm like, oh great, they're gonna ruin another good one like they did with, you know, when they remade Friday Thirteenth, when they remade, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Some of my like shoot movies that I grew up with and love, and I'm like, they're gonna fuck up Candyman. Yeah, and I was so sure they were gonna fuck it up, and then I was. Hugely impressed when they showed the picture of the lady from the first movie and basically described. Yeah, they what described. Happened. And I'm like, this is a continuation. It's not a remake. Yeah. And that was that was like the light bulb moment for me. Like, oh shit, this is a sequel. Yeah, this is a sequel. So, and that was that's what I mean. Before that, I mean, I was enjoying it to begin with. I thought it was a really good premise. I thought everything was really. They thought it out really well. Jordan Peele has come out of nowhere as a horror movie. Yeah, like he is—he's the John. He's our John Carpenter. He's like yeah. your generation's John Carpenter. Yeah. John Carpenter is—I mean, when you think horror movies from the seventies and eighties, and even into the nineties, John fucking Carpenter is it. He is him and Wes Craven, but John make, Carpenter was even more. Does that make Jordan and Peele their like? Equivalent to Escape from New York. <laughs> what do you mean? Because oh. John Carpenter did Escape from New he York, <laughs> which is a very it's a it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Escape from L.A. That's Escape that's L- the equivalent that was, to Jordan Peele. <laughs> that was that was a maybe that would be Keanu. Keanu yeah. would be Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it was it was a very good. It was good. I mean, they, he's done really good. I mean, a lot of his movies have become. He's really good. The horror movies because they went back to the. They went way too much into. They tried going back into the '70s slasher, like blood, guts, gore everywhere. Well, that's not what you need. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like uh, the first like iteration of the one movie with the one the the. One by the scary guy who made it, Stephen King. That Stephen one, King, yeah. the Which hotel movie? one. There's a whole bunch. Yeah, the there's ho- a the, there's movies. Oh, The Shining. Like yeah, The Shining. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that first movie. Even though there wasn't like a ton of just like blood and guts, it was just a lot of really good storytelling yeah. aspects. Storytelling and suspense, and I mean that's one thing. I I mean everyone knows I love Stephen King. I have if you look at my bookshelf downstairs, it's three quarters Stephen King with Clive Barker thrown in. Who uh, Clyde Barker is another amazing one, which Candyman is based off a story written by Clyde Barker. Yes. Um, but those are my two favorites, Stephen King and Clyde Barker, and they're both really good at storytelling, and that's what I love. And a lot of times when someone remakes a lot of these movies, they remove some of that storytelling and put the, the blood and guts. My favorite horror movies are like Jaws, which you see what, like one dramatic death. Yeah, Jaws is rated PG. Yeah, technically rated PG. You know, so you only see a couple insane deaths, but that's what makes the movie better because it leaves it to my imagination. Yeah, I feel like it's that's like what Cthulhu. a lot of horror movies like fail to have these days. Like a lot of just blood and guts and shocking horror is just what's in right now. Yeah. But I feel like the movies like Candyman or the original Shining, where they or like Get Out. 
that one too. Like which they is just, another Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yeah, they just bring out the storytelling aspect and like actually give you something to think about. And that's one thing I've liked so far about Jordan Peele is they give you that. It's like even The Ring. You go back and watch The Ring. How often do you actually see the little girl? How often do you actually see what it is? You don't. And it leaves so much to your imagination that my imagination and your imagination, a person's imagination can come up with far more scary things than you can put on that screen. And if you let it leave it to your imagination, it's what's the scariest thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I f- this sounds so bad. That's why I feel like um, the first it like kind of failed to do because it was very focused like on its dramatic moments instead of like it specifically showed what you're supposed to be scared of rather than just like leave it partially up to you your mean the new one uh yes okay the first no. the two movies you're not talking about the the made for tv one from yeah with tim curry who just nailed that one but that was it too because that's what made that one scary was i mean it was because it was made for tv they couldn't show that yeah. and that made it 10 times scarier because but the first thing i really had with the new it was they did okay with the storytelling but the end yeah it was kind of lame yeah it was kind of fucky wucky yeah it was it was like my biggest problem with like the first fantastic four was <laughs> you had all this build up and then all of a sudden it was like that's it that's it. it's like my first sexual experience <laughs> all sorts of build up and then really that's all you got you know I mean it's just and that's kind of the, the how those movies were they really built up like this dramatic ending and then it was like yeah yeah but no it was and I love the book of it if you've never read it read that book it is amazing yeah the book's really good a it's lot really of people long. have problems with the child sex but I don't know why that was put in there that was weird well the co-author of the book was cocaine so that's true he was on a lot of cocaine yeah but I feel like with Stephen King a lot of his works are incredibly successful because he succeeds in that environmental storytelling like Pet Cemetery. I the first movie was actually like it was good yeah it was like really good I don't remember if this was the first movie or the remake of it but I remember it being really good because it focused a lot more on the storytelling rather than ooh spooky cat evil yeah, and that's kind of the way it is. I mean, Stephen King—he's one of those ones that he's such a good storyteller that, like, I can remember reading uh, *The Green Mile*, and when they fried, Le- Le- whatever his name is—I can never say his name. It's some French name. When they fried him in the book, he was so detailed. I was swore to God I could smell it. And that's what I've always loved about Stephen King. That's why his books are so long, because he will detail things to a point that there's a character that you fall in love with, and then you feel sad when they die 10 pages later. Like, you want to cry. Yeah. And a lot of other writers, I know a lot of people like Koontz, and Koontz has never done that for me. Yeah. He's a quick read, just, hey, I want to get this over with. It's good stories, but it doesn't get that detail like King does. Yeah. One of my favorite books by him uh, is Duma Key. Because mm-hmm. I just loved the uh, the describing of like how his like ghost arm and stuff felt because yeah. it was incredibly like realistic and it was something you could like actually imagine. Yeah, and that and that's cool. I mean, Clive Barker's a lot like that where he goes into detail. But his Clive Barker, I will say this: Stephen King is like maybe softcore porn, <laughs> and Clive Barker is like hardcore BDSM. I mean, he's there's a lot of, um, lot of insane sexual stuff in his books. 
That was a metaphor, by the way. It was. <laughs> There's actually, no, actually, there really is BDSM. I mean, he wrote Hellraiser. I mean, come on. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. The Hellraiser comics are such a mind fuck. What's funny, too, is the whole, the, the, the story of Hellraiser, Pinhead's not even the main character. Yeah. And it's like 100 pages. I have it downstairs. So, but uh, he wrote some really good ones. There's some, Cold Heart Canyon is one about, there's this old house up in like the hills of uh, Hollywood where all the old dead actors, their ghosts are. And they basically have big giant ghost orgies. It's really weird. What? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like somebody goes up there and all of a sudden he ends up in a huge ghost orgy. Like he's alive, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the really good authors and writers and everything just make really weird shit. He does. Clive Barker's a very weird, twisted. um, And if you read his stories enough, you start to realize, which, whatever, he's definitely gay because everything he does has a lot. There's a lot about anal sex in his stories. Male and female. He just wants to be pegged. Male and female. (laughs) No, he's he's very openly gay. Oh, okay. He's very openly gay. but And he's a great artist. I mean, he does paintings, all sorts of stuff. Clive Barker's one of my favorites. So, I have a special like book down there that's worth like three grand of his because it was a limited edition first run. Only 250 were made, and I've got one. Damn. I found it at a bookstore for two bucks. Actually? So, Jordan Peele, he's done Us. Yeah. yeah. He's also done Toy Story 4. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did a, he do for Toy Story 4? Wasn't he originally a comedian? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jordan that's what Jordan and Peel was. Yeah. Key and Peel. Key and Peel, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's why you can confuse me. I'm like Jordan Peel, isn't that who he is? Yeah. But Key and Peel, yeah. Key and Peel. That's what I meant. <laughs> no, no. So uh, we should talk about Candyman a little bit since we've been kind of beating around the bush there. Oh yeah. But Candyman, so it was it was good. Like yeah. I said, the continuation made me happy. Yeah, I went in, I remember seeing some of the trailers a while ago, and being kind of like, oh, this probably isn't going to be so, like, too good. It's probably going to be like that one movie, like, where it's like, don't say his name, and don't yeah. think it, and like, that kind of stuff. The poo man. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the pee uh, poo man. <laughs> I don't remember what, the bye-bye man. Yeah. That's... That's what the movie was called. But there was memes all over the place calling him the pee-pee-poo-poo man. Yeah. Was it a kink movie or something? I don't remember this one. <laughs> no, it's like, don't think his name, don't say his name, don't or he'll come it, get don't you. Don't say it. The pee-pee-poo-poo man. <laughs> yeah. Because I kind of thought Candyman was kind of going to be like that, just because that's what the new thing is. It's just like shocking yeah. horror, but the storytelling aspects and... But it seems like once I saw Jordan Peele, I kind of was hoping because I've seen a couple of his others and he does seem to be that one that's really more about the storytelling of a horror movie rather than the, the shocking. Yeah, I was watching uh, like a uh, behind the scenes on the artists and like he commissioned a ton of different artists to slowly show his descent into that madness. Yeah. And it's like crazy good. And that was awesome. I mean, it, it really he really did show that descent into madness and... You know, all that. And then, you know, I mean, yeah, just the way that he changed. And all of a sudden you realize that he's the little boy from the first movie. Yeah. You know, and that's like when he said that he was born there, I'm like, oh, my God, is this where this is going? And then when the mom started talking, it's like, oh, shit, he is the little boy. Yeah. And they like it's continuous, too, because in the original, they call him Anthony. 
So there's no retcon there. It's just it's completely fluid. Yeah, it really does seem like whoever wrote the the script went back, watched Candyman, and said we're going to do Candyman. You know, thirty years later or whatever it is, but it's really gonna be Candyman thirty years later. Yeah, I remember after um, we saw the movie, I w- we were talking about like the dad of his girlfriend and how he like committed suicide. And we were talking about like how maybe he was like connected to it. Yeah, it, possible. And I'm wondering because if you really look at like when she was talking to him, he was an artist. And if you saw the painting that was sitting down next to him when she was, she was like, he's like, did you know I could fly? And she's like, ah. Oh. And you see the painting that they show when they pan, pan over to him. It looked very similar to the paintings that were on the wall that Anthony had painted. Yeah. yeah. We, we with were With the faces all. Because, like, there are specific requirements to become the Candyman. And if you did commit suicide before, like, completing the final one then, yeah, possibly he could have, like, broken the cycle, and that's why it took so many years to, like, go to the next person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and partly that one guy, I mean, he was was supposed to be next. I mean, he was supposed to be, you know, the child that was sacrificed. Yeah, that is true. And And found his way back. There's also the idea that the Candyman you see is the one you first heard about. Oh, yeah. Because that's the other thing that I liked is that all of a sudden it was multiples. Yeah. Because when they kept showing the one guy and I'm like, oh, you know. And then all of a sudden the very end he's like, there's multiples. And then he mentions the name. And I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to go back and watch, that Tony Todd's version of Candyman was that original one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So he was the original. And that's kind of like, you know, that's why when they kind of showed him, I'm like, that's not really where the Candyman came from. But then later they explain it, and I'm like, okay, that may, that sounds more like the original. Yeah. And 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 whose face is at the very end? Yeah, Tony Todd. Your mom's like, huh? Because I'm like, <gasps> exactly. I did the same thing. She's like, what? And I'm like, that's Tony Todd. Who's that? <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. Don't talk to me. Yeah, the crazy thing is, like, if you notice. Uh, Anthony's paintings at the very end of the movie all of the faces they are very reminiscent of like their previous Candyman yes yeah and he like keeps just drawing them and painting them yep and I think in the window that he's passing by uh right before the end like the window of the cop car where you see his reflection I think you can see Tony Todd in it oh like I thought I saw Tony Todd in the in the reflection for just a split second and I was like, is that the cameo? <laughs> and then, like, he actually shows up. And that it's was great. Kinda, yeah, I was hoping, because it was one of those things, because I've seen it where they've done a reboot or something like that, and they throw the ca- a cameo of someone like, hey, here's a, you know, because you were the original, we're going to give you a cameo. Yeah. It's like in, you know, The Incredible Hulk, when you got Lou Frigno as one of the, the you know, security guards, because he is the Hulk. Yeah. You know, and I, I was wondering if they were going to do something like that. So, But then all of a sudden... He was literally he was the Candyman. Yeah. So it was, was great. Was awesome. I mean, they did an amazing job. I was really, really impressed with it because I that's my style. I like. I mean, occasionally do I like the the blood and gut one? Eh, yeah, but I like more the storytelling. Yeah. You know, and, and they've done they've done they've hit good a few times lately, but it's still been I haven't been liking the horror movies that have been coming out. I mean, I grew up in horror movies. Yeah. I mean, the Child's Play, that's one that surprised me. I actually enjoyed that. 
Uh, I heard that there's going to be a new uh, Chucky series coming out. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I that. I saw the poster for it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure if I'm interested. But I'm wondering if it's one of those things. Which yeah, which, Chucky, which continuity which is continuity it? Which continuity is it? Is, is it, it the, the cult of Chucky continuity or, or is it the yeah. child's play 20... 19, 18, 19 whatever it was. Continuity. Which I don't know. I mean, they might be good, but who knows? But yeah, have you seen the newer Chucky movies that came out like just before the reboot? No, I've wanted to. I've had one of them on my Amazon Prime that I just never watched. Yeah. And I want to. I mean, it's because I I grew up. I mean, a lot of people may not know this. One of my my grandmother who, you know, gave me all my horror movies and gave me my love of horror movies. Her one of her favorites was Chucky. Yeah. She loved Child's Play. So that's one of the reasons why I enjoy it. I love watching it because it brings me, you know, reminds me of hanging out with grandma. Yeah. Which I know a lot of people are like, wait, what? But yes, mm-hmm. watching, you know, horror movies reminds me of hanging out with Grandma. Grandma would have loved Candyman because she was a lot like me. She's the one that gave me that love of this story. Yeah. That's why I like a lot of, like, cheap, I guess not cheap, but, you know, B-rated horror movies. Indie because, films? Yeah, indie films because a lot of times you get more of that story. Yeah. And less of the blood and guts because the blood and guts not sound bad. They're effects and they cost money. Yeah. yeah. But then you get stuff like Velocipasture, which you're like, wow. Oh, yeah, the Velocipasture. Have you watched it? Yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was, and everyone's like, why do you like that? Because it is so bad. It's good. It's good. And you can tell they were trying to make it bad. Yeah, and he's actually thinking about making a sequel. Like, he's in the midst of doing that right now. Because <laughs> I think my favorite part was when the guy's in the war and having the flashback, and somehow his wife ends up on the battlefield running towards him, and then just blows up, and they basically just, like, throw a bucket of blood on him. Yeah. And the other guy's like, I don't think she's going to make it. And you're like, that is amazing. <laughs> so, and I, and, but, you know, those, I do like those cheesy ones. I mean, he grew up with Evil Dead. I love Bruce Campbell. He's my favorite. But give me some sugar, baby. Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of the really bad horror movies that try to be bad, like Lava Lantulas. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, me and my friends, we love watching those. Just, we sleep over at each other's house and we watch these really stupid, really bad horror movies. Yeah. And oh. we sometimes discover really good ones. He's like, watched Lava Lantula with me. Oh, it's Oh, good. yeah, that was a long time ago. That was, because Lava Lantula 2 was on TV, and I'm like, well, I can't watch this until I see the first one. So I had to go <laughs> find the first one, watch that, and then watch the second one. But, yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, fun fact, Bruce Campbell was supposed to be Mysterio. Who would have been better? In uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So they were writing a fourth movie... And it was supposed to turn out that Bruce Campbell's character, who had shown up in all the three previous movies, yeah. was supposed to be Quentin Beck. Nice. As Mysterio. Well, of course, because Sam Raimi puts Bruce Campbell on everything. Yeah. Along with the frickin' the, the car. Yeah. Like, there was storyboards of, like, Mysterio being unmasked, and you just see that chin. Yep. <laughs> like, it's so obviously supposed to be Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. He's always been one of my favorites. A really good indie horror like series is the VHS series. Like it's not talked about a lot, but it's a lot of like it overarcs one large story of these two characters like watching these VHS tapes that are like specific like unidentified events and it's just like a lot of these like 
little horror things that all eventually tie the story together. Huh, we're going to look at that one. Yeah, no, it's really good. Like, there's one in VHS, too, where it's about zombies, and it's just really good with the storytelling in that one. Yeah, see, I like storytelling. That's one thing I've been wanting to, because on the other show, I have one of the, like, listeners that messages me all the time on Instagram, and she's actually an actor in, like, B-rated horror movies. Oh, wow. So, I've been wanting to find some of hers that are, but I, most of them you have to pay for, so I haven't done it yet, but. Yeah. I was going to rent them and watch them on the plane, but. <laughs> yeah, some B-rated horror movies, I do feel like they do deserve that. Like, they're just bad. Like, The Babysitter, that mm, one was just yeah. objectively bad. And some of them are. It's just like people, it's like, okay, yeah, you really didn't. You yeah. Know? But then other ones, I mean, it's, I end up liking them because it, it, they do so well because it's like, they have to do this without technology they have to do it without the special effects that you get from those movie theaters you know the big movies and they end up doing you know having to actually write a story yeah but some of them try and do the effects with blue blue screens or whatever green screens and you're like yeah yeah no this is horrible man <laughs> yeah one of my favorite like horror movie like they're b-rated it's it's in spanish um it's like called contagion or something and they get trapped in this like apartment building. Oh, you're thinking of Wreck. Yeah, Wreck. That one. Yeah. Wreck and Wreck 2 are amazing. I don't really like the other two movies, but the first two are really amazing and I don't think the English adaptions really give them yeah. that like big angle because um, the American adaptions are just very like technology based. Like, oh, yeah. technology. And the first ones are like, like religious, religious like infectious possession yeah it's like a demon virus yeah no it's really good yeah and i think the second one honestly might even be better than the first one hmm. because they dive so deep into the storytelling of the place and they like ex like it's all taken in one apartment building yeah oh that's cool yeah so they explore these apartments and you learn the lives of these people and I think the second one's good because you even get some outsiders who end up in the apartment yeah. and have to learn about the story through their perspective. Because it's kind of like Blair Witch Project where it's taken from like yeah, camcorders and footage. stuff. Yeah. And what's funny is the ca main camera guy for both the movies is one of the uh, directors. Yeah. And he's two different characters. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, he dies in the first one. Yeah. He's like the assistant um, to the main character and he ends up dying and in the second movie he's yeah. like this he's playing someone completely different yeah he's like a police officer guy SWAT team going in yeah so like he in one of his interviews he was talking about how like how it was so hard to switch from one character to just the next one because he's used to being that one character and yeah. like acting a certain way or filming a certain way weird there's also a lot of uh, comedic swearing yeah comedic swearing yeah. It was in Spanish. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember in the second movie, they literally, like, shoot someone's, like, brain on the wall. And, like, it was really funny because the other guy just comes around and he's like, holy shit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. It's one of those, usually I hate subtitles, but sometimes in a good horror movie, I can I can ignore it. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, let the right one in. Mm. There's two different versions. You got the American version, who they totally over overdid it and then I think it's Swedish oh is a Swedish version that they copied and the Swedish version is just haunting and basically it's about a little girl that befriends a little boy 
and then eventually, or I think the little girl might be the vampire. One way or the other, <laughs> you figure out one of the kids is a vampire and like is killing people to protect the other one, and you don't realize it, and then it just becomes more haunting because all of a sudden you realize this like six-year-old looking child is really a vampire and eating people. Yeah. And it's it's haunting, but it there's no there's really no blood, no guts, no nothing. A lot of American horror movies and stuff are are just not good these days. No. Like even the ones that are marketed to be really good, like The Conjuring Three. Uh, it wasn't too bad. I hated it so much. I felt like the storytelling just sucked. Mm. Like there was no way you could really get into it because they just hopped around so much. And yeah. the ending was so stupid. Like, love, love will fix everything. No one. Yeah, it was <laughs> so stupid. Literally, that was the ending is like, oh, friendship, love. If you have love, you can win. And yeah, I just think it was so stupid. Like, I really love the beginning and like the middle parts, but the end just kind of ruined it all. Yeah. They do that sometimes. Well, part of I think what it is, it's uh, are those, that's one of the ones they have, what, those annoying... Like the the the, the Warrens. The Warrens. Who, yeah. If you actually do real research on like the Warrens, they are fucking horrible people. Yeah, they yeah. didn't do like jack shit. They no, they had nothing to do with a lot of the stuff that they, they give them credit for in these movies. Yeah, like half the time, like they made up certain stuff and like, yeah, no, I just really hate them as people. And the way they're portrayed in movies and stuff is like so different from how they actually yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. If you look them up, I mean, and actually look up, they are they are huge con artists. And like, oh yeah, they set back really paranormal research year decades because people realize they're con artists, and if they're the most famous, you know, then ever all the rest of them must be idiots too. Yeah, I kind yeah. of feel like the same thing has transpired over to like profilers and stuff, mm -hmm. like criminal profilers. Because a lot of just really bad ones are given credit for things that, like, the police did. Like, the BTK killer, the Bind Torture Kill, it was, yeah. like, accredited to the profiler, but actually it was just the police did it. Yeah, yeah. because that was, just, that was just police work. I mean, the profiler had, the profiler had, like, two or three things correct, and that was it. Yeah. Because they did say that they thought they might be in law enforcement and stuff like that, which he did have a period of time where he was in law enforcement. You know, and stuff like that. But it was everything else. It came down to DNA. Yeah, the, like, hilarious thing is I have read through um, his deductions and stuff because I had to do this for an essay, a 5,000-word essay. Um, and so I was reading through it, and he just made contradicting claims and just made so many that some of them were bound to be right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was, like, the trail killer or something. Um, that was also attributed attributed to the profiler. Even the profiler was like, oh, he's black. He turned out to be white. Yeah. yeah it was like he, they make so many contradicting claims and get accredited for cases that they didn't actually solve just because, you know, they were there. Well, and I think a lot of people look back on like well, one of my favorite TV shows for years was Criminal Minds. Yeah. And they really focus on the profilers, which there are good ones out there, but... You know, they make it seem like in Criminal Minds that all you need is to know a little look at them and you can profile them and you're going to figure out who they are. Yeah. But even on Criminal Minds, if you really watch it, there's a lot of police work that goes into actually, you know, figuring out who it is. It's not just the profilers. They use theirs as a tool, but... Yeah, it's not like the big thing. No, it's not the big thing. And sometimes they're wrong. And you can see them like, oh, we missed this in the profile. And, you know... Then all of a sudden, once they like 
real, realize they miss something, it's like everything else falls into place. And I think a lot of they miss that with a lot of profilers where a profiler comes out and they're like, this is what I think. And nobody ever goes back. But like you said, I've seen a lot where you read it and it's like you contradict yourself like six different times. So when they catch him, at least one or two things are going to be right. Yeah. One of my favorite profiling cases from real life is like, I think it's George Medit Medit is something like around the upper Europe area. It's like Medit Medisgiski or something. Mm-hmm. Um, He was a bomber in New York, and the profiler on that case, he was so good, he even knew the outfit he was going to be wearing, and this is like, he deduced this actually, like, from his evidence and, like, the letters the bomber left. His uh, calling card was called the Mad Bomber, Mm -hmm. and, like, that profiler wasn't even technically a profiler. He was just called upon as a consult from the police, and he actually, like, solved the case. And he was just a really good, like, he was good at profiling psychologically rather than just, like, criminally. Like, he analyzed, like, letters and he was like, oh, okay, so he worked at this company at this time and that's his motive. And then they kept narrowing it down with more and more evidence. Like, profiling is supposed to be based off of evidence rather than just claims. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things when you watch a lot of those TV shows. Sometimes they're like that, but then other times they started doing, they're like, oh, just... But you could tell most of them it was like evidence. If you look at this evidence, this leans towards this. And that's what a profile is really supposed to do. And you get some of those that are just ridiculous or ones that are completely wrong. And then you end up, because they're so wrong, you end up with like the, the West Memphis 3. Yeah, it's just crazy how how the criminal psychology like world today has changed. Because you get a lot of that where I've seen a couple of them. There's a multiple case, like I said, with the West Memphis three where they said, oh, this is what the person's going to be like. It's going to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they find someone that fits that description and nail them for the the, nail them for it and find out later. Oh, hey, you know how we said it was probably going to be three white kids. Yeah, it was actually this or three black kids. It was actually this white dude over here. But, you know, at that time, it really shows like racial profiling and a lot of that that happened with a lot of profilers. There was a lot of that racial profiling. Yeah, racial profiling is actually incredibly prevalent in a lot of other countries, like especially Israel. Like um, their airport and their uh, policies for it is like everyone is profiled and they will be interviewed if they don't have like an Israeli name. And... They've done this to prevent another massacre. Like, I think it was 1971. There was that huge massacre at an airport, so they implemented incredibly strict policies of certain people. But that has also, like, led to them being incredibly racist. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of that racial profiling. You see that. And it's, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and everything else, you see that there really is that happens a lot. Where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, racial profiling, even... Towards everyone, racial and sexual profiling. It's its ridiculous. But in all reality, if you look at serial killers, the history of serial killers, do you want to know what like 98% of serial killers are? White men. Yeah, white middle-aged men. Yeah. They usually have like something in their early years, but they don't really start becoming like actual full serial killers until they're like early 30s. Yeah, and I think it's... And then they kind of go in. I think it's that way just because they know they can get away with it for a long time because no one really profiles white men. No. Even though actually they just found what they think is one of the most prolific serial killers of all time in the last like five years. I can't remember his name, but he's an older uh, African-American gentleman who basically just spent his entire life traveling 
as basically a hobo. And he would travel, and he was killing people, and they figure he's somewhere up in the upwards of 90, 90 or more over the last, like, 40 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was actually this woman. Um, she was, like, this little old lady, and she ran her own, uh, like, little, like, nursing home, and she would kill the residents and take their money and, like, keep getting their pension and stuff. Isn't that the plot of Arsenic and Old Lace? Pretty much. But there really was a woman that did this. And yeah. They, but really, if you look at most women serial killers... It, they are a a product killer. They kill not because they want to kill somebody. They just want what they get out of it. Yeah. They do it for something. Usually it's not like men. It's for some kind of sexual gratification. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, she was like um, like this little old lady with this curly hair, big glasses. And like, you know, the day she was supposed to be arrested, like the police were digging up her garden. She was like, oh, can I go down to the coffee shop to get a coffee? And the guy actually lets her go. And she's on the run for a couple more years. And like, she was an incredibly good con artist. Oh, yeah. I forget her name, but she was so cool. Yeah, some of the female ones are, yeah, they usually have, they did it for other reasons. It was money or, you know, whatever. But usually with men, it's just because they want, it's some kind of weird sexual gratification or something like that. So it really shows, like, when you look at, like, serial killers, uh, cults, all that kind of stuff, usually when it's ran by a dude, it's all about sex. Yeah. yeah. Men really just think with their dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm really learning. Men think with their dick. The more I do, like, you know, this, you know, the rabbit hole and go down the, these rabbit holes and really like read about cults and serial killers and stuff it's really men just think with their dick yeah and a lot of time like men just create cults and stuff because they want women yeah oh yeah, yeah. it's like the source cult have you ever looked that one up no I don't it was a so. restaurant a vegan restaurant in uh, it's actually in a couple movies it's backdrop in a couple movies but it was a vegan restaurant in Hollywood that basically he just had young pretty women that ran it with him, and he started screwing all of them, and then moved to Hawaii. Huh. And then he decided to go skydiving. That didn't end well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was also he could. There's another one where another guy that went to Hawaii too. Another one, but um, his was he liked men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't realize with a lot of these cults. Jim Jones, all those. There's a lot of stuff about gay. Oh yeah. Yeah. About homosexual sex going on with him. Um, that's weird yeah I remember there. I don't remember which like serial killer this was but like he would stalk out his like the people and he would go in and he would be basically naked and like he would um, like tie them up and like get some sexual gratification out of like torturing them mm-hmm. and like it was usually couples I remember, um, and sometimes they had kids, but he would let certain kids go. And then, like, afterward, like, it was even commented that he would make himself a sandwich after. You know, (laughs) eat a sandwich, go home. I think that's BTK. No, it's not BTK. It's the uh, Golden State. Yeah, that one. Golden State, because he was actually the the East Area Rapist for a long time, too. Oh, Because uh, he would do, in one of my, just so insane that what he would do, he would basically have a gun, take the dude... Because he liked it, he liked to make the guy suffer by basically screwing his wife while he knew he was screwing the guy's wife, and then he would basically like put a stack of plates 
Oh, Make yeah. the guy get down on all fours, put a stack of plates on his back, and say, if I hear one of these plates break or fall, I'm shooting your wife. And he would end up killing both of them anyway. Sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes he let him go. He would leave. Yeah. He started off. He started off just raping the women, and then he ended up. And they, what's funny is they sat there and they realized that um, they had a big like meeting to talk about, you know, what was going on, like a, a town hall meeting, and he was there. Yeah, and I remember like his big shtick would be he would like pretend to be like a druggie, be like, I need my pills, I need these pills, and like. He would, like, pretend so hard to be someone else, and he was such a bad actor that was, like, laughable. Yeah, and that was it, because he was trying to throw them, because he was used to be a cop, so he knew they'd go off whatever the witnesses said, and he'd be like, oh, this is a drug addict looking for his fix. And he was looking for his fix, and his fix was raping. Eesh. Yeah. Yeah, Golden State Killer, that was one that, because Golden State Killer, they found the Golden State Killer because of DNA. BTK they actually found because he was just retarded. Oh, and I yeah. know I'm not supposed to use that word, but to him, it fits. Because literally, he sent them, he got mad because they weren't, someone else got attributed to his stuff. So he sent them saying, hey, you'll never catch me. On it, like, a thumb drive. It was either a thumb drive or a disc. <laughs> and somewhere on the disc, he hadn't completely deleted it. There was some like Excel program or something that he'd filled out for the church that he worked in. Oh. And they wow. caught him because of that. Because he'd left a file that they were able to pin, pin his name to. Always remember to format your drives, people. Yes, format your drives and don't fuck with the... Because that's how he got caught. There's been a bunch of them that have gotten caught because they just kept tormenting the police. They want to be the Zodiac. Yeah. I don't think anyone will really be the Zodiac... Zodiac was good. He was. And like some of his ciphers and stuff still haven't been solved. I think there's Kinda like one or two. makes you wonder if there's nothing, there's like nothing really there. He just totally just put a bunch of random stuff there. Or if he was that brilliant. I wouldn't be honestly surprised. Some of the stuff I've read, if the Zodiac was really, you know, was more than one person. Yeah. Honestly. It makes sense. Like I remember... Uh, this case where this guy had killed his wife and kids and like he just kept sending stuff to the police pretending to be this like mysterious kidnapper and he ended up getting caught because like he used um the phone in his neighbor's house or something and they tracked it that way yeah people are stupid what are we listening to huh yeah it's um it's the soundtrack to guilty gear xr sign Weird. Yeah. It's mm. very heavy metal. He goes with some very niche things sometimes. Yes. Oh, yeah. This the series has gained a lot more popularity recently with its latest entry. Ah, being Guilty Gear Strive. Which I've been meaning to get, but... It's not on it's sale. It's not on sale. <laughs> you are so your mother's child. Okay. I, I want the Ultimate Edition... But it's $99. That's a lot of money. Exactly. That's why I'm waiting for it to go on sale. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. My parents are the kind of people who, like, just don't care about coupons and stuff. And I'm here with, like, lists of apps and coupons I just have. <laughs> like, if I can make a $20 purchase go down to $4, I'll do it. Yeah. 
And um, funny story, certain uh, there's a certain craft store that honors coupons from other craft stores. Oh. Yeah. Which one's that? I forgot. It's like Hobby Lobby or Michaels or something. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. That reminds mm-hmm. me. I need to go to Michaels. Yeah, I've been there in a long time. They have good Halloween stuff. Oh, always. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been there in a long time. I usually go either there or Joanne's to get stuff for cake decorating. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I think Michael's does have better Halloween stuff than Joanne's, though. <laughs> like, the bags full of pine cones that smell like a really cinnamon. good... Yeah, like cinnamon. and yeah. It smells so good. Hmm. Weird. So I'm sleepy today. You are sleepy. You've been quiet the whole time, so it's been like us talking. It's supposed to be his show, and he's the one not talking. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about serial killers and stuff. He's got to be taking notes. Yeah, because he's going to be one someday. Wow. Yep. Okay. Or sexual gratification from women. Wow. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, I get it. I mean, I most serial killers, I'm like, I get it. I, I wanted to kill some people a few times, but... But I pretty much figured out from really focusing on some of the stuff serial kills do, you want to make sure that the person you really want to kill is like third or fourth. Yeah, you want to start with people you don't know at all because yeah. most serial killers like kill the people they want to kill like first or second. And that's like a bad idea because they look for people connected to that person. Yeah. yeah. So if you kill some like three or four randos and then kill the person that you're looking for. Yeah, then there's like barely any connection and then the police are like, huh. This might just be an unrelated serial killer, like yeah. who just kills people. Yep. Not that I've ever really thought about this. Okay, maybe a little. I think everyone's thought about killing or serial killing before. Like, oh, if I were a serial killer, how would I kill them? Like. Yeah. So if you were a serial killer, how would you kill people? Honestly, I have no idea. What the fuck is this topic? Like, I feel like there are a lot of ways, but a lot of ways can be easily traced. So I feel like I'd probably go with a poison, like potassium under the tongue with a syringe, because the way it works is like, the the way the skin under the tongue works is it'll move enough that you can't like see the injection and the potassium levels will return to normal after they've died. It'll just be a little higher than normal. So if they're not specifically looking for potassium poisoning, then there you go. And it just kind of looks like they died from a heart attack. It's kind of a similar premise to injecting air in between the toes, except a lot less noticeable. Hmm. Very interesting. Beach. Also, when you kill people, you want to make sure you, like, wear shoes that are, like, too small for you and, like, wear a different perfume and kind of just, like, look different. Because a lot of people, their mistake is wearing, like, their normal clothes. And so when the police come and investigate them, like, I believe the guy that had a hair fetish... Um, the guy that like cut off a girl's hair in Italy and moved to the UK and killed a sewing person there. Uh, his mistake was his shoes because they were like a certain pair of shoes and the police were like, okay, this footprint matches the shoes and he was bleaching them in his bathtub. So they kind of found him that way. That story is like a crazy mind fuck. That might be a good one. Yeah. Like he lived in Italy and he, uh, murdered a girl and left her in the church and then the the priest guy or whoever owned it was like you telling the police you can't go up into the attic i forbid it so the police couldn't go up there because they didn't really have anything to go off of until he died 
and then when he died, the police went there and there, there was a body. So the police were like, huh, might call in the guy that she was last with. Hmm. And then he ended up killing a woman in the new place where he lived. And like his thing was he would cut off a piece of their hair. And like keep, keep it. it. Yeah, and he would like put one of their pieces of hair in like their fists. And one was from his old victim. So, ah. yeah. Never yeah, keep no. trophies. That's what gets you caught. Exactly. Also, like, be sure to wear different, like, stuff than you normally wear. Because if people see you, you're going to get caught. Or if you, like, leave a footprint. Oh, like the Lululemon uh, killer. Um, basically, uh, it was this woman who worked in the store. And she really hated her co-workers. So she, like, staged it like a robbery. And yep, I saw that one, yeah. Yeah. And she, like, um, murdered her other person, like... The way they found her out was like it was obvious that most of her like injuries were self-inflicted and they found the car just a little while away and there was like blood in it and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Get him, Ubin. What? Ubin, he's looking at you like he's going to get you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, there's some really weird ones like that, so. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time. Yes, we are. And Beach is over there asleep. So. Yes. How do we find you, Beach? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at bj.apk, and I'm not sure where else. You can email us at valentine.entertain at gmail. Um, yeah. What did you say your name was? Alice. Alice. Alice, okay. Where can we find you if not at all? Are you just here? I'm just here for now. <laughs> Coolio. Coolio, Coolio. Uh, you know where to find me. Uh, Mr. Underscore B underscore 666 on Instagram. Um, that's really it. I mean, we get the emails, you know, valentine.entertain at Gmail. Uh, you can leave voicemails at 425-948-3075. Um, I really expect both of them to talk a little bit more, so I started this, like, out thing a little early. Yeah. Yes, you did. Well, <laughs> I expected you to say more than just... <laughs> Yeah, like he woke up just before I got here. And I got here at like noon. I went yeah. and swam a mile. I think I think your wife was asleep too. Probably. She's been having issues sleep because the, the neighbor's dogs seem to be having wars at 6 o'clock in the morning every day. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to... I swear I'm going to get a train gun and start shooting. <laughs> yeah, and you actually locked me out. Crazy. I locked... Oh, I locked the door? Yeah. Well, you usually lock if I leave and they're still asleep. So, it's just, you know. Yeah. yeah. No. You should give me a key. <laughs> no, because you don't live here. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> I come here n- enough. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> then your dad will want to borrow it and he'll come into my house. And that's weird. Yeah. I feel like you would come in even without a key. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, how much time do we have? <laughs> like 50 seconds. Yeah, around there. Wake up, Jesus! I'm not man. wearing my glasses. I can't see. I can't see the time. I think I'm well. gonna take him to Walmart and get him some energy drinks. Yeah, he needs like a, just get him like an IV and just freaking inject it straight into the veins. Oh yeah, put some bang shots in there. The straight <laughs> bang shots into the veins. <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like my dad would do that if he could. Probably. He's a caffeine addict. He is. He needs to, like, figure out his, like, diet if he's going to lose his weight, like talk about. Because I'm really worried about these races we got supposedly coming up. Oh, yeah. He's actually thinking of dropping out of them because he fucked up his knee. Yeah, I heard that he almost, he almost, he hit himself with something. 
Yeah, it was with uh, the tire thing. Yeah, he said it almost got him in the balls and asked why your mom's purse was out there. Yeah, it almost went up his ass. Yeah. 